Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. LPN Deep Dives presents A Court of Thorns and Roses. With Natalie Jean and Jackie Zabrowski. This is not a like a, an effective battle costume, uh, or I guess, what do you call a war outfit? Um, Uniform? Uniform. No, I think it's soldiers possess. <laughs> this is a, I'm, I'm Thazon's lover, but uh, I can barely move because of all the little things that are pinned to me, so I would be useless in battle. Think of how the Illyrians feel with all their leathers. You know, those leathers, they get a lot, they got broken in, they slide around. Yeah, and they're all strappy and they don't cover much. <laughs> they really don't. I still really love the impracticality of a lot of people's fan art of the costumes because... How do they move? That's, but just, uh, you know, just abs out for some reason. Yeah. Just like fully showing their full yeah. stomach. Just like, I, being like, right. no, stab me here. <laughs> also, the women, the cleavage out, just like heart and belly are exposed completely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love you do it. it for the fit. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't move my head right now or else this headpiece is going to fall off. Yeah. No. What is this called? A diadem? I think you call that a diadem, maybe. Diadem? Maybe. Diadem? I think either. I think so. I think that's usually... Never mind. I'm not even going to try to guess the thing I'm going to say incorrectly. <laughs> I, like, I like the guess. I usually call it a diadem if it is smaller than a crown and kind of low on the head. So that probably yeah, low on my head. That's how low. this is playing limbo with my eyeballs. How low can it go? Oh yeah, same with this uh, beautiful golden uh, warrior's wreath. wreath. Warrior's wreath, effective for again battle. Uh, <laughs> what is it? A diadem? Mm-hmm. A diadem? I don't know which way to say it. I always say diadem, but it's... A jeweled crown or headband worn as a symbol of sovereignty. That Well, that's... I guess this is me. I, they're just basically saying it's a little crown. You got baby crown syndrome. <laughs> my crown is too small for my head. I got a big old head. Actually, I've got a very small head. Yeah, it's not too big. 
Henry reminds me constantly how small my head is. I think it's a normal shaped head and size. Do you think so? I do. You never look at me and go, oh my God, her head's so small. Where is it? I see Jackie's here, but where's her head? I will say earlier as I was putting my wig on, I did have my wig cap on and I went into Marcus and I went, I got a penis head. I got a penis head. And I scared him. He didn't like he, it? He was, I, I was behind him and he didn't know that I was in the room. <laughs> um, that's a fun uh Night terror he's going to have. <laughs> he's going to lucid dream that for a while. Of me Bye, no Marcus. <laughs> me coming into his room going, I got a penis head. I got a penis head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't not. We have to start this because you brought up Craven. I'm, I'm dripping sweat. It yeah. is hot in yes. Los Angeles today. Oh, yeah, baby. And we are... In a recording studio. We're in polyester. Yeah, this does not breathe. This does not breathe at all. <laughs> all right, let's get it done. Um, okay, I want you to just hear me out. This is just something that I recently saw and thought of. I Because I just watched the trailer for the movie Craven. Yeah, did you think of me? Was I supposed to? No, I'm glad you didn't think of me. Why would I have thought of you? Well, a lot of people have sent me the trailer to Craven because they thought that I would have sexual interest in it. Oh, Interesting. Yes. What? Why? And the answer was yes. I mean, sure. But why specifically <laughs> that movie? I think because it like is lives in the world of I don't know. I don't know anything about Craven. All I no. I didn't even watch the trailer. I just went, whoa. Okay, so Roll that beautiful <laughs> bean footage. So. I, I, I also know nothing about Craven. It's like a comic book thing. I'm not, it's not my, it's not for me. But Aaron Taylor Johnson is playing the lead, and I mostly know him as Kick Ass, which is a great movie. But this is a now a much more grown up version of him. He's, um, he's, okay, I, I know he's extremely British and he's pale, so it might be a no go. But just look at these images and think of Cassian. Oh, yeah. No, I could think of Cassian. As I, I think that's also part of the reason why people sent it of like, just like, if we're talking throbbing men, I mean, why not consider him as part of the throbbing men categories if we're, we are to cast amongst our heads? I guess just because he's British, but I don't know. We're just staring at pictures of Aaron Taylor Johnson now. I don't know. I guess he looks kind of good. Oh, oh, there goes our diadem, diadem. No, it's my diadem, chest plate. Diadem, diadem. Oh, I'm sorry. It's my chest plate. It's your chest. How many different pieces do you have on I just right now? found as many gold things I had in my house and I'm put them on. I'm scared of Natalie because she looks um, like spiny to the touch. Is go, that, yeah, yeah, I that's mean, what you're trying to do? Technically, that's good as a soldier, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I did. All, we also just had these wings at my house. So I also don't know if Aaron Taylor Johnson. I don't know if his neck is thick enough. I don't know. It got thick for Craven. Yeah. Uh, not that the show's going to get made anytime soon. And we stand with the writers. And I'm a proud member of SAG-AFTRA. Are you? Yeah, dog. We're both proud SAG-AFTRA members, and we stand with everyone. Yes. Uh, but probably that also means that the show. Will not happen in a very long time. Nope. The um, show must not go, go on. on. Okay, I'm just saying. So, all right, get, all right. We've seen the pictures. Why well, you want back. me to stop looking at him? <laughs> I'm just putting Aaron Taylor Johnson Craven, and I'm just looking at him. Ooh, slouchy fur daddy. Thank you. He does look like Cassian, right? Yeah, dude. He's all Bruto. Except, uh, see, I also think he might be too Bruto as Craven. 
that he's more of an ass if you're gonna be uh, like if you're gonna be that Bruto. But he's ru- he's like rugged. Yeah, he is rugged. As is like very. There's a feminine aspect to Azrael. Mm-hmm. Ar- an artist's together. heart. Yeah. Oh Which my means god. He's, he's mopey. But you know that he doesn't have soft hands. He's got oh, he's got very callous hands. Callous hands because of his sword play. His truth teller. And I'm not talking about when they slap their penises against each other. But Are I'd you watch though? it. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, there's their limp penises. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, like that's what they're doing in that steam after every Christmas. Of course. I mean, after they are. solstice. Yes, thank you. Please don't bring your Christ into this world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, where we last left off, freaking Ianthe's here. Yeah, I'm right here, Natalie. <sighs> What are you doing, man? I'm bad. I'm bad. And you know it. It's not like there's a whole freaking war going on. You have to be pick me. Pick me, woman. Yeah, but my hand. My hand is all crumpled. Don't you see? You got main character syndrome, Ianthe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we last left, Ianthe, she had shot an arrow through the Surreal's neck. She's a bee, and we hate her. Yeah, but you you're very I'm hot. like her. I am very hot. Very hot, though. Man, look at it, pictures of Ianthe, too. Like, you forget. No wonder she gets away with so much. Yeah, she's a blonde woman. She's Smoko. She's a hot blonde woman. Smoke yeah. show. Um... Okay, so not only that, but it's an ash arrow. So we kind of assume it's pretty much over for the surreal, which is really sad. Feyre notes that this arrow was shot intended to end its life. Yes. This, it wasn't just like a high hello arrow it wasn't this a, time. It wasn't a maiming. The surreal looks at Feyre and mouths for her to run. And ooh, Ianthe's pissed. She's so mad at Feyre. She muses over how it took the king days to undo the mind altering that Feyre used on her. Oh, boo-hoo. You can't say that about yourself. You have to be... Oh, I mean, you are bad, Feyre. Mm, I am mean and I kill. Mm -hmm. This is how she talks. I'm surprised no one knew she was evil. (laughs) Yes, very. It's a a good hint. (laughs) Further, she reveals... I have to get into the character. I need to, like... (laughs) I need to like stab someone. Mm. That's the only way that I'm gonna get. The I'm only get thing the feeling. is that Mass says that her voice is lilting and bird-like. Oh, oh, Vera. oh, <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh God, Perfect. she must be difficult to seduce. Although we know that she's not. No, definitely not. She's bad. Further- I'm bad. <laughs> Further, she reveals where the surreal got its new cushy, f- thick cloak. Ayanthi gave it to it. You're a, I'm a, and I'm having real, di- I'm having like a problem over here. With what? I can't deal with the fact that I just killed the cereal. I didn't oh. think about this. I didn't get into my character's head. You did this. You did this to yourself. I'm sorry. No. I'm I mean, sorry to you. I'm sorry to everybody out there. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. Sometimes we have to embody the darkness inside of us. Yeah, but I'm so beautiful. I know. Isn't that the most evil kind of darkness? Yeah, I never trust a woman. <laughs> That's what we learned. The takeaway from this book. Can't trust a woman. Can't trust a woman. Uh, so Ianthe gave the cloak to the surreal, and it was imbued with tracking spells. Yes, because I'm evil. A spell meant to entrap Feyre because she knew that she would come looking again for the surreal at some point. 
Suriel again pleads silently for Feyre to run. And she realizes in this moment that the creature cares for her somehow. Had perhaps made itself easy to catch for her even. But Feyre's... Suriel? Yeah. But Feyre's not going to tuck her tail and bolt from this bimbo. Even though I'm so hot. And she kind of thinks about kissing me, but she knows that she can't. She thinks about it, but she's also not afraid of her. Yes. She's not necessarily what we'd call like a skilled um, a skilled mind mind freak. Mind freak! <laughs> Sorry, that was my bird's voice. It's beautiful. She steps in front of where Ianthe stands. She go, she was hiding behind a tree, and she steps before her. One of the guards accompanying Ianthe fires an arrow that Feyre easily blocks with a wall of air. Wall of air! Wall of air! <laughs> However, I just imagine her going like... <laughs> it's like, stop breathing at me, Feyre! <laughs> It, well, it works. Keeps the arrow away, doesn't well, it? Air. However, Feyre realizes that due to all of the work she had done to create the fake army earlier to trick Highburn, she is quite drained of her power. She's not going to be able to hold them off for very long. So she comes up with an alternative plan. Ooh. She taunts Ianthe to get her to begin a chase. Oh, I thought you meant like alternative music plan where she just brings they out Linkin Park. They form a really Park. hot grunge rock girl band. Yeah, well, all right. I, I like that area better than Linkin Park because I was going more the new metal route. But no, I think thank you. That would scare Ianthe away. I, oh, no, not me, Ianthe. That would seduce me even further. And then I'd just be drawn into... Um, Rock and, the rock and roll lifestyle? The rock and roll lifestyle. And that not that made for Ianthe? I think it actually would be great for her. If only she had the chance. As she runs, she feels the air around her offering support as though the trees, too, know that Ianthe is a psycho hose beast. Ouch. She runs at full <laughs> tilt over rocks and through branches, a blur in this ancient forest. They stay close to her back, and Feyre uses her senses to lead her to her intended target. She begins to recognize her surroundings. There I had stood with Rhys. There I had flirted with him. There he had lounged atop a branch while waiting for me. <gasps> Remember? It's a weaver! Arrows are loosed all around her, but she learns how to bob and weave thanks to Cassian and Asriel's lessons. A clearing opens. Help me, she cries. Loud enough for her pursuers to hear her. Help me! <laughs> they apparently don't know who the weaver is. The wooden door was already half open. The world slowed and cleared with each step, each heartbeat, as I hurtled over the threshold and into the weaver's cottage. Talk about rock and roll lifestyle. I know, what a badass. Also didn't realize, I, I think I forget in these, like in reading it, that like the weaver is also really hot because I had looked up the weaver and I never thought about looking up what the weaver would look like. Weaver also is like a hot witch woman. But she has a, like her teeth are all, I thought her face was scary. Well, not according to the fan <laughs> art or not according to the ones that want to kiss the weaver, I will say. I thought it was her whole body looked like a delicate little fairy, like sexy little, mm, 
I'm just making clothes over here. And yeah. then she turns around and she goes, ah! Yeah, and then she's scary. <laughs> but in the meantime, but isn't that like, that's the honeypot. Yeah, it's the honeypot. That's where, ooh, Winnie wants to get stuck in here. Got no pants Oh, don't. On. That's weird. It's our friend's child's name. I'm talking about Winnie the Pooh. I'm talking about the Pooh, not the child. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Chapter 60 opens with Feyre slamming through the doorway into the hoarding nightmare that is the Stryga's hut. Stryga! By the way, I don't think we mentioned before, this name is most likely taken from the Polish Stryga. You're welcome. Which also, you're, thank you for your contribution. <laughs> My people did contribute Maybe something. Maybe one of your ancestors used to tell the story. It's very, very possible. Which also, I mean, they were drunk enough. Do you think that your ancestor had a fire, like a, a uh, what's it called? Not a fireplace. A campfire podcast where she told stories about the Striga to the other villagers. Yeah, and she was very animated and very good. And then they go, you should be an audiobook narrator. And then, like, she got that. So, technically, I come from generations mm. of audiobook narrators. Wow. Even from back before there was tape. That's and, incredible. And um, she would just go, like, into the air. <laughs> Why couldn't she say words? Well, it was difficult for her back then. Mm. This is—I'm talking like you know, cavemen days. Oh, got it. So ba- even back then. Yeah, yeah. This is for for forever, man. Okay, cool. The Striga lives in got us. It. What if Henry is the Striga and you're married to the Striga? Striga is a woman. Well, part bird. What are you though. saying? <laughs> um, the so yes, so it comes from that, which also has a root in the Albanian Striga with an I. The main connection is that it tends to be a vampire-esque woman who is part bird. There's so many traditional folktales that involve women and bird hybrids. Like the Baba Yaga tends to have bird legs. There's harpies and sirens. They're half women, half birds. Are straight men sexually attracted to birds is my question. If anybody wants to Please let us know. Please let us know. Unfortunately, the little I have read about Striga is reminiscent to the U.S.'s version of the witch hunts. Of Salem, where someone with certain distinctions, mostly women and babies, were deemed a striga, then they were ostracized and kicked out of the community. I'm glad because those babies make trouble. So the Wikipedia says, and this is, I didn't do a deep dive into the striga, but it says that it would have uh, happened to babies born with teeth in Slavic communities uh, and were considered demonic, so they would be thrown out of the village. Apparently, you also were, if you were unable to produce armpit hair, uh, you were a Shriga. Oh, no. Yeah, man, humans are wilding out all the time. We are very scared and stupid a lot. What, it, why? Why? Somebody explain to me what that is, because I just took this a sentence. I don't know anything about why if you don't have armpit hair. I don't know. I think that we should go back, rewatch Ernest Scared Stupid and find out because he really learns in that that there's, you know, a lot of people are scared of what they don't know about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If only they had Ernest But he back saves then. the day. Don't worry. I was worried about it. Anyway, it's made clear that Ianthe doesn't know about the weaver because she is unafraid and follows Feyre up to this cottage door thinking that Feyre is just running to a nearby person living in the f- terrifying forest. Uh, and she's mocking it. T- this time as Feyre enters the cottage, it goes a little different than that first time. Feyre has changed. Whoa. She's grown, become formidable. She's become a lady. High lady, that is. You have seen my twin. The weaver hissed softly with a hint of wonder. 
I smell him on you. So now the Striga has a sense of wonder when facing Feyre. What are you? She whispers. Ianthe approaches, about to enter, none the wiser to what she's about to face. I'm just a lady, kind of like a bird, out in the forest, don't know what you heard. The strike is kind of like a bird. She Ianthe, wants to I guess, fly away. I guess Ianthe is also bird-like with her voice. Yeah, see, there's, there's might, lots of henpecking going around they here. They should become roommates. Oh, my God. Now that is the side book I want to read. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I think Ianthe gets eaten. Mm, but, but what if she doesn't actually get we eaten? We don't know that. That's and true. And she moves in. She's like, I love this bitch. This bitch is evil, too. And then they become like bosom buddies. Maybe that's going to happen in the next book. I love that. And they're kissing. Mm. <laughs> I mean, sure. Throw it in there. Um, I'd kiss the weaver. If she know. if she protected me, if she loved me, I mean, I could never, like, go against her or, like, say that, like, I don't agree with you because I would be scared that she's going to swallow me whole. But isn't that the description what of, her, love is? of her teeth, though? I think her breath would be really bad. Like, that's what Listerine is for. And they've got, like, medicated versions now, you know? I don't know if they have them in the middle of Prithian. Or, yeah, smelling like, she just probably smells a lot like rotting flesh. Probably. But, like, that's her roof cute. is made out of scalps. It's not her fault. Are you sure? <laughs> I think that that's actually very good for the environment, because what mm. are you going to do with those scalps? You're going to just throw them away? Use the whole person. Yes. No, oh, kind of nice. It's why I love hot dogs so much. And people are like, ah, it's, it's an assholes. And I'm like, good, I'm eating all of it. Yeah, no, I think that's really brave of you. Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting for you to say I was brave. After all these because years. Because I am a hot dog ambassador. And thank you. It's difficult when they tell you you should only, you can't have more than like two a year. Yeah, that sucks. Or else it kills you. <laughs> Whatever. Sounds like something the Hamburger Coalition would say. <laughs> Then the weaver asks Feyre, Who did you bring, little wolf? <laughs> Who did you bring to me? Which is interesting because uh, we did bring up women who went with wolves the first time we met the weaver when we did that episode. I don't think I remember she calls her a wolf at this point later. Ianthe steps into the hut. Dinner, I said to the weaver, whirling around the door to its outside face and let go of the handle. <gasps> We get a great visual of Ianthe lifting up an orb of Phalite to see the gaping mouth of broken teeth smiling at the feast that she's about to enjoy. I was already hurtling for the trees when the guards and Ianthe began screaming, going, I love her! Oh, yeah, maybe that's what they were screaming. <laughs> Bestie! <laughs> we're going to be together forever! Bye-bye, Auntie. No, come on. I'm so beautiful. You can't swallow me up. I've, well, hold on. Well, well, maybe they are. Maybe we'll have to put a pin in this. We don't know that she's dead. That's true. <laughs> Feyre launches herself back to where the Sorio lay dying. She locates it struggling to breathe on the forest floor and drops down. She tells it that she can heal it with her powers, but the Sorio stops her. It's too late. Ugh. She knows this to be true. It's just like Dobby. I know. It does remind me of Dobby. So she asks. It's very scary. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about another scary version of just like, uh-huh, well, it's just like fate, like, you know, has no skin. 
but it has a kind heart underneath it all. It does. Just like Ianthe's beautiful flesh hides a rotted heart. <laughs> she knows it to be true as well, so she asks what it wants in this last moment, and it says only that it doesn't want to be alone when it dies. That's so sad. I just like I had no idea it was gonna have so many feelings for the surreal. I know. She takes the surreal's hand and it tells her about the events that just occurred, how it happened. It knew that Ianthe was tracking it. Feyre asks why it even bothered to come to the middle then. You are kind. You fought your fear. You were kind. Oh, I just wanted to be with friends. It said again, I began crying. He didn't say the Dobby line. They didn't say the Dobby Mm -mm. line. No. She thanks it for, for helping her, and then it smiles. I told you to stay. To stay with the High Lord. And you did. All the way back at the beginning! It told her to stay with the High Lord, but not which High Lord. We didn't know which High Lord the surreal was talking about. And all the time it meant resigned. resigned. Makes me, oh, oh, the surreal knew, because the surreal knows the truth. The surreal tells her to stay with him to see the world righted again. Ugh. Feyre realizes she doesn't know its name and tries to ask, but it never answers her. I wonder if that will ever come back around as to why the surreal didn't tell Feyre its name. Do you think its name was like Slappy? I just wonder if it's connected to one of the other books. I'm oh. always just like, how is this all working together? Uh, that makes a lot more sense and not just But it could like, have been something real embarrassing. Just really like Sprinkums. It's like Sherman. <laughs> um, it just doesn't want anybody to know. <laughs> My name's Francis. Oh, I like the name Francis. Feyre can sense that it's on its last breaths. It tells her she can leave, but she won't until she knows the surreal is gone. As its last breaths come out, uh, when it's last, oh, with its last breaths, it's so hard for me to use the pronoun it. Yes. With its last breaths, it asks Feyre for a request. Another rattling breath. Leave this world a better place than how you found it. And as its chest rose and stopped altogether, as its breath escaped in one last sigh, I understood why the surreal had come to help me again and again. Not just for kindness, but because it was a dreamer. Aww. And then the surreal was gone. And Feyre always considers the inner circle people dreamers, so it's interesting that she would be like, you're in my crew. Yeah, like the land of night. You're like, you're with us. And yeah. You're not against us. Yeah. And that gets me a little, that's a very sad scene. The terrifying lone creature that we thought was a monster at the beginning of the books just wanted friend. Oh, and not to be alone when it died. Don't make me cry. We're in the middle of battle. I guess that's when you're supposed to cry, though. Nianthe doesn't cry. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't care about the surreal's death. She'd be like, ew. Ew. It's all squishy because I'm going to step on it as I go over it as I'm walking. Yeah. 
I, I mean, Natalie, get I used know. to it. You Dad. put this in me. I did? Yes, you made me be Ianthe. You said you have to be the bad one. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I was born to be bad. I did. That's what I said to her. And I went, you're so naughty. I'm naughty. I'm going through I'm going through my bad girl phase. I'm, you know, sometimes you just got to, like, be with a, a man on a motorcycle and watch my flowing blonde hair behind it and then he's got a a shirt that says if you can read this the bitch fell off on the back that is really a funny joke I I love love seeing that that. man you see that t-shirt in Florida all the time oh I know (laughs) I'm a familiar yeah but then but Natalie then the wife wears the shirt that says the bitch on it yeah that way oh it's so cool because it's it's showing he he's committed. Yeah, if you read this, the bitch fell off, and it's I'm like, the bitch. <laughs> That's me. I won. <gasps> he gave me the shirt. <laughs> I know you're always begging for those his and hers shirts you want to wear with Henry. I know you're always wanting to be matchy match. Oh yeah, we're gonna be that Disney couple at some point for sure. Although if uh, it's tracksuits, I agree with adorable. This. If you start wearing tracksuits together. Vera lays over its body and cries. She's sobbing for so long she doesn't know how much time passes. But then a friendly hand is on her shoulder. Thank the mother. It could have been any number of ghouls who found her, but it was not. It was a friend. Oh, almost like she shouldn't have gone somewhere alone in the middle of all of this stuff happening? Probably. It's Helion. He tries to pull Feyre away and she won't. She can't leave the cereal here for the elements. Helion says that he'll take care of it by setting it aflame. And then this made me think back, Jack, you were pondering whether Tamlin burning Reese's mother's and sister's wings was a sign of respect or not. And it does seem that in this world that would be a sign of honoring. Yes. That like this setting the cereal on fire is an honoring so that no it can't be like um desecrated, I guess. I guess it's better in this world than like what they tried to do with Graham Parsons' body, which was also just um set it on fire in the desert. Oh, and that's not what you're. I thought you were to going do. down the Jurian route of instead of doing anything with the body, just imprison your eyeball in a ring for fifty years and then. Oh yeah, that's just silly though. Or that's just like years. something that like years, me and my bitches do, you know. That's uh, it's it's upsetting. Well, Ianthe is not good, even though she's dead. She still lingers on as besties with the Weaver. I won't let it go. I'm going to think about it every time I reread these books. All right. I love it. Um, Before she'll leave with Helion, though, she requests his king's cloak in that last moment to bestow a shroud of respect over the surreal. She thanks it one last time, and then Helion burns it all in an instant. Then she relinquishes to Helion. As warm light whisked us away, I could have sworn that the pile of ashes was stirred by a phantom wind. When Feyre arrives back at the war camp, she takes one look at Reese and collapses into his arms. Though she's deceived her family and though they have questions, Reese and Feyre are left alone as Feyre grieves. It's only after Reese has cared for her and cleaned her that he tells her that there has been an emergency within their family. Cassian has received a terrible wound. No! He's unconscious and being seen by their healer. No! He's been sliced with a sword across his belly, and he is not crushing it right now. No! 
They rush to his side where the rest of their family holds vigil over him. Before Feyre can ask any more questions, more demands to know where Feyre went. Because if you recall, she kind of betrayed Moore's trust by straight up lying to her about why she wanted Moore to go down into fight in the battlefield. And they did actually really need Moore, but she also needed this excuse to go find the Surreal, and she didn't tell anybody. Reese knows this at this point because she briefed him as she was sobbing in his arms. She also gave him as much intel as she got from the Surreal before Ianthe shot shot it. Reese tells Amran that she needs to go off and read over the second and penultimate pages like it was instructing her to do. It was only when Reese had finished the battle that day that he realized that Feyre was gone, and he called on Helion to find her using his skills. They fill her in that Cassian wouldn't back down as the battle surged on, that he wouldn't listen to instructions to wait for the others. He was overcome and he nearly took this fatal wound. Bullheaded Cassian. Oh, Cassian. You can't do this, Both him bro. and Reese just like wants to be, they want to be everybody's hero. All but also the time. all of them, all of them. They yeah, all they do all the do same it. damn thing. And then they're always shocked when the other one does it. Where like, I'm just like, like I can't believe that it's like of course you, you do all it too. have hero complexes. All of them. I yes. love all of you guys. Of course, but like you've got some serious issues of wanting to save the day and like a little bit of like that martyrdom syndrome, yes. just a little tinge just a of a little. Bit. At least when they have the martyr the martyr syndrome, they actually go try to do stuff as opposed to when you have the martyr syndrome and you're just like, oh, oh but what about mine? Yes. That's why like they are actually doing the help. Like I understand why Farah did what she did, yeah. but I also understand why everybody's fucking pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but as the healer has informed them that he's going to ultimately be okay, Moore's ire turns to Feyre. She's incensed that Feyre would not only lie to her, but put herself in such terrible peril that it was likely she would have been killed. Reese tries to defuse the situation. He, re- he reiterates to the room that Feyre has free will to go where she pleases, but that it would <laughs> be helpful to tell somebody where she is. Yeah. She feels a sense of guilt at seeing the remnants of terror that Reese undoubtedly felt when realizing she was gone. She considers the difference between this fear and the way that it was expressed by Tamlin. Because she's not actually scared of him. No. But she is, like, she does feel bad and realizes that, like, ooh, yeah, I knew I kind of fucked up. But, yeah. like, she also knows that they're going to forgive them. And that is, it is a beautiful part of family, but also a very um, upsetting part of family. It is about having to care about people. Yes, but... and having to forgive. Ugh. Boring. Boring. She looks at her family and expresses her regrets. I'm sorry. But Moore's not having it. Mm-mm. This really got to her. And Feyre feels guilt wash over her again, and Reese speaks to her down the bond, telling her she did what they all do from time to time, a necessary thing that the others will be angry about, but that alerting someone would be chill. Please? She asks him if he would have let her go. I do not let you do anything, but we are mates. I am yours and you are mine. But he goes on. He may have wanted to accompany her just so that he didn't go mad with terror when she was gone. I waited for him to chide me about not waiting until they were done, about all of it, but he angled his head. 
I wonder if the weaver forgives you now. He mused aloud. Oh, my God. Think of how beautiful this scalp and this hair would be oh. as a part of her roof. Oh, my God. I mean, that I, I alone, I would mm. understand if she had to scalp Ianthe, even if they're bosom buddies. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a spell that would keep her alive if she didn't have a scalp. Man, that would be really scary, though. Her just going like, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah, ha, while she has no scalp and it's just like blood coming down from her head. It's pretty cool. Rock and roll! As Feyre, Reese, and more wait for an eternity in that tent for Cassian to awaken, Nesta is mysteriously missing, almost if unable to bear the sight. Hmm. When he finally starts to come to, Cassian wants to know about the end of the battle. We learn alongside him that Kier's army again took the most losses because Kier sucks at being the head of an army. And it wasn't a sweeping victory, but they had ultimately come out as the winners. I don't know what you say to that. That they won. They won the day. They did it. They're the yeah. I think that like supreme soldiers fight. Like they've got all the toppings on them. The gold medal in fighting. <laughs> yes, that is what they win. And so everyone receives their medal. They go from <laughs> tent to tent while they're all going, ah, ah, just on the ground. And you receive a medal. And you, in fact, you dressed as this, I think, would be giving out the medals. Ah, uh, because I'm so high up in the ranks. Yes. I don't have to get You're stabbed. not a part of the battle. Oh, that's nice. I get to hand out the medals. Yeah. I'm sorry about your arm. Here's a bronze medal. <laughs> Try again just next put time. It, put it up. It'll hold the blood inside of you. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Addiction plays hardball he would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece with nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.
Also, we learned that all of Cassian's guts were hanging out after he got sliced. Now the anger is directed at him. He had defied orders, and Reese is furious. He wants... He went in knowing that it would kill him potentially, but Cassian won't back down. He says it's what he does as a soldier, but he also is supposed to listen to his high lord. Yes. Reese's anger sputters out and is replaced by sorrow. Reese tells him he wouldn't be able to bear it if he died. The two of them engage in a more quiet, brotherly discussion, Aww. and the others walk out of the tent to give them privacy. They are greeted with the very end of the sunset. The day is ending. When my vision adjusted, Nesta stood by the nearest tent, an empty water bucket between her feet, her hair a damp mess atop her mud-flecked head, watching us emerge, grim-faced. He's fine, healed and awake, I said quickly. Nesta's shoulders sagged a bit. So Feyre wants to take this time to discuss what the Suriel has told her with Nesta and, and the role that she's going to have to play. But Moore's anger supersedes any civil conversations. She snaps at Nesta. And then the two of them have a staring contest. They are a little bit at odds, seemingly both vying for Cassian's attention. Mm. Mm. Eventually, Nesta walks away from the other two females and Moore launches into her grievances. She reiterates what Feyre already knows. She is furious that Feyre tricked her. Not so much for the trick as much as not trusting Moore enough to tell her that she had to face her cousin and tell him, I don't know where your mate went. Whoopsie. She further expresses the thing that had angered Cassian earlier in the book, that she is high lady so not just Reese's problem. Mm-hmm. If you'll recall, when they first got back all together reunited, um, Cassian didn't was was angry because she didn't tell him that they had like done this marriage ceremony and done all the high Lord High Lady stuff because now it's the whole inner circle is now to care. She's for in the high charge lady. for uh, of they are in charge of both of them now. Yeah. yeah. But also, I really like how I I don't like the fight, but I like how the fight is written. That like. She did a really good job of writing two people that, like, love each other fiercely. But, like, sometimes you get pissed off at your family. And sometimes you have to have a very intense conversation. And I just think that they really captured this really well in this scene. Yeah, especially because it's not a gentle it's not like a vicious fight but it's not they're not mincing words which is sometimes what happens unfortunately and like truths come out sometimes yes uh oh it's (gasps) April Reels Day oh no All right. do you you have yours for me I've got yours I've got mine for you don't tell me I've got things to talk about no I couldn't do it I'm so I'm so sensitive. For those of you that don't know, over on page seven, April Reels Day is a holiday that we celebrate every year, the night before holiday. 420. Um, it is called April Reels Day. It's the opposite of April Fool's Day, where we look each other in the eye and we ask consent and we say real things, real truths that we feel about each other. Like when Holden told me that he was disappointed in me that I still smoke cigarettes. And you know what? The shame of him looking me in the eyes and telling me that he was ashamed of me for still smoking cigarettes made me stop. Stop smoking cigarettes. You still don't. Still don't. Just saying, April Reels Day has its has its place. I uh, we won't do it. We can't. I won't do it with family though. That's hard. Can't do it with family. That's rough. It's too difficult with work partners. Sure. Yeah. yeah Although yeah. maybe we could. 
Uh, <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, I don't have any truths for you. I've no. Got... Well, I can't think about it. <laughs> what if I do, no. Natalie? <laughs> um, no, I don't. Uh, but I've got many truths for myself. Don't we all? Mm-hmm. Don't we all? So, yes, Moore is sworn to protect her, and in deceiving Moore, she has violated some Faye code. And then Feyre swings way out into left field here. This is, I think, a little... Really? Right now, Feyre? You want to talk about lying? I didn't even know what came out of my mouth. I wish I'd killed Ianthe myself, if only to get rid of the rage that writhed along my bones. How about the fact that you lie to yourself and all of us every single day? Whoa. Hang on. Is this really the time or place, Feyre? No, dude. We're like, it's like Cassian just was gutted. Like, this is not the time. And also not to talk, like, the time to talk about, like, crushing. Like, I'm sorry, dude, but this is not the place. But at the same time, sometimes in these fights, shit comes out. It does. Like, stuff just kind of comes out. You're like, oh, Oh, is that how you really feel? Yeah. But it is very funny to put this on top of uh, everyone almost dying and then being like, but what about who you fuck? Oh, yeah. Hmm? No, it's just because she was put into a corner and Feyre knows she's wrong. And Nobody puts Feyre stuff- in a corner. Nobody puts Feyre in the corner. But this is how this stuff usually comes out is when you're backed into a corner and then you're like, yeah, well, you have... Pepperoni face! Oh, no, that's just mean. Yeah, you don't have pepperoni face. You have the opposite of pepperoni Uh, face. You have the nicest skin of anyone I've ever met. Oh, please. Yeah, I've said it. You've heard it here first, everyone. Your skin's beautiful. Whatever. Whatever. Stop. I mean, look, I know Feyre loves to meddle in relationships, but there's people that are dying, Feyre. Yeah, dude. I did the meme. Did you get it? It's the Kardashians meme. Oh, yeah. I've never seen an episode of the Kardashians. I only know them via memes. Yes. Yes. Um, And headlines. And headlines. Are we not in a war camp right now? But Nebby Nosy Farah wants to talk about kissing time, I guess. Which, don't get me wrong, I want to know more answers about this. But again, in a war camp? Not the time. Is Nebby a word people use outside of Pittsburgh? Do you know Nebby? I've never heard Nebby before. But also, I say Bobo, and no one knows Bobo either. I think that's a Florida thing. I know it from other podcasts that are not ours. Nebby? I know where Bobo came from. Oh. In my head. It was another comedian. So now I I know Bobo. Oh, you know Bobo? I know Bobo. You know Bobo the way I know Bobo? No, probably not. Go to Jacksonville. No, I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to go to Jacksonville. Um, I've never heard Nebby before, no. Well, if anybody who's not from Pittsburgh knows Nebby, let us know. Feyre then goes into a justification about how if Moore doesn't like someone questioning her choices, then she shouldn't question Feyre's. And I'm like, these are not the same. Her going into a death forest and more not wanting to talk about her sexual relationships. Where she's kissing, where These she are puts not her kiss. Equal ground. No. Get out, Moore tells Feyre as they continue this fight all the way into Morgan's tent. Feyre's like, fine, 
She stomps out and runs right into Amran. Man, when was the last time you had a fight like that? Like, I remember specifically, I had a fight like this with an old co-worker that we were friends and we were working and we got into, we were in the back of, like, of the restaurant, just, like, seething at each other and saying these horrible things and then coming back out and being like, hey, do you need a nice coffee? Do you need a slice of pie? And then we'd go back and then we would continue the, the just, like, blister fight of us saying horrible things to each other. And it was just a really rough work day. Those people got hate-filled pie. Oh, oh, they certainly did. But they also got, like, extra ice cream on top of their pie because, like, I was just, like, angrily, like, scooping it out and going, like, ah, (laughs) scooping the ice cream. Um, (laughs) I just remember. And, like, that was the, like, I hadn't had, like, an adult fight like that in a really long time. I can't even think of it because I I hate them so much. I think I black them out of my memory. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we all them. have friends like that. Like me and my best friend, we've had three fights like that in our like 18 years of best friendship. And they were rough. I'm currently, not currently, but no longer friends with my best friend of 15 years. So I'm sure I've had those fights. You've had those fights before. <laughs> you know those fights, but we blank over them. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so then she runs into Amron as she, she stomps out of Moore's tent. Be careful. Amran warned as I fell into step beside her, heading for our tent again. Of how you push her. There are some truths that even Morgan has not herself faced. Ooh. Thank you, Amran. They were just like, oh, right, I was being super inappropriate. Yeah, bitch. Right. Especially as you're screaming about this, as you're, like, like fighting in between tents when anybody can hear you. Yeah. So then Feyre immediately feels a sense of guilt. Amran tells her to shake it off and they should just both talk tomorrow when they are less angry. Feyre agrees and they make their way back to Feyre's tent where they will convene with the Bat Boys. Feyre tells Amran that the serial told her all of these things about the book and as she's doing so, Nesta appears. She seems to linger on Cassian with her stare. She's staring at his guts, spilling out and just going, Oh no, hopefully that's not her thing. That's bad. Oh, they're all, he's slipping around Ew, on his own guts. No. <laughs> Cassian has been brought here, still quite hurt, but obviously demanding to be let in on this meeting. He's sitting up, but he had to be placed in the chair by his brothers. He's not doing great, and yet seeing him sitting up seems to have sent something through Nesta. But that's not why she's here in the war room. Reese has asked her to come. He asks her if she brought them them turn out to be some bones and some stones. Nesta lifted the bag. So I scatter these like some backstreet charlatan and I'll find the cauldron. I mean, I get it. I've played dice in many a back room in a bar. I like that even as she's about to do some ancient magic, she still has to be judgmental about (laughs) hooligans and (laughs) streetwalkers. Amryn laughs and tells her, yeah, sort of. They are all covered in dirt and muck and blood, Nesta included. Say what you will about her, but she's really stepped up to the plate at this battle. She's doing good. A lot more than Elaine. I'll say that much. Yeah, well, she's too busy just going, Grace. There are special, we've all done this, where we're mourning some relationship where all your friends are going, I can't believe she is sad about this fucking idiot. Oh, yeah, just like crying at the bar and everyone being like, why are you upset? Let it go. That Let it go. man is garbage. And then later on, you, you're embarrassed. Oh, yeah. Why and then I... you have to go back to everybody and be like, I'm, you guys were right. 
And I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's friendships. I guess it's really wrong. Not that I've um, never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> there are some, these are some special bones and stones that seem to have been sourced by Amran. Three stones and four bones. Whoa, I call that an orgy. The latter were brown and gleamed with age. <laughs> the former were white as the moon and smooth as glass, each marked with a thin reedy letter I did not recognize. We learn that Nesta, with her maid power, is meant to cast her mind out while holding these special objects. Cast it towards the cauldron. Doesn't this make you want to just like, we've got a lot of bones in our home. Mm-hmm. Um, I It makes me want to like just be like, can I scry? Yeah, of course. Can I start throwing bones around and being like, ah, I see the bones. Because if I start reading bones, I'm going to become like 300 times more badass. Let's do it on the Sabbath. Oh, scry. yeah, let's read bones. Let's scry. All right, we'll do it on the subathon. Everybody's going to see bone readers. Zabrowski's coming through. Oh, yeah, you better watch out. Yeah, I'm feeling for bones. But as this casting is happening, Amryn warns her, do not try to touch the cauldron. It would be bad. It's clear that Nesta is terrified. Feyre recalls that Nesta can't even use the bathtub and wonders if this is too much for her. Then Cassian is groaning as he rises from the seat, despite Az's warning for him to sit back down. Slowly, he limps to Nesta's side. Nothing can harm you, he says. After a moment, she closes her eyes. Oh, my God, goosh. Can you, oh, my God, that he has to, like, get up just so that he can be close to her, just so that, oh, goosh. Nesta stood before the map, a fist of bones and stones clenched over it. Cassian remained at her side his other hand on her lower back. Now who's a charlatan? Pew, 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 pew. I'm now doing tiny humps. Walker. Those are little tiny baby humps. Yeah, man. And then this ritual begins. Nesta's eyes remain closed as she attempts to follow Amran's instructions. They all wait with bated breath in silence. And then Nesta gasps. <gasps> Wherever Nesta is in her mind, she begins to pant. She's terrified. Amran tries to command her to open her eyes, her hand. But Nesta's beyond control now. The bones! Feyre realizes that Nesta's gone too far and jumps into Nesta's head using her Demati abilities. If Elaine's mental gates were those of a sleeping garden, Nesta's, they belonged to an ancient fortress, sharp and brutal. The sword I imagined they once impaled people upon. But they were open wide, and inside... So she must try to find her sister. And so she steps through the gates of her mind. It's a violation, but there is little choice. It's like what dreams may come. I saw that movie way too young and didn't realize how sad what dreams may come was. Oh, yeah. No, I saw that as a kid. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything when you're a kid. No, but then when it it first came out, I was like traumatized by the movie What Dreams May Come. Because if you think about it, it is very similar to this where it's like going into the other world and like going into like having to find somebody in pull them back yeah. and that's what this part of the book made me think of and I was just like oh my god even the dog dies in that movie Yeah, I know you should be sad about the family but like the, even the dog dies yeah I, I spoiled it for you I spoiled the 20 year old movie there's a whole website it's not even can, about the dog dying you can go to a website called doesthedogdie.com I think 
to find out if there's an animal who dies in the movie. Really? Yeah. That is yeah. very, very smart. It is. As she steps through Nesta's gates, she's confronted with the vision of Highburn and all of its hatred and anger and rage. <gasps> Nesta has found their camp. She can see its endless armies. She can see the king. She can see Jurian at the king's side. This is a lot. And next to them, she can see the infernal cauldron. Oh, my God. And even fin- before you said, like, remind it, like, Feyre was like, yeah, she can't even go in the bathtub. Yeah. And she's in the middle of doing this. Yep. With bones in her hands. And Guffa. finally, Guffa. and finally she is able to observe Nesta, who is watching it all. Feyre calls out to her and it takes several attempts, but then Nesta sees her. Feyre gently tells her it's time to go back. Nesta nods, but then they both hear the cauldron, feel it awaken. <gasps> Like it's just felt Nesta's presence and wants to pounce upon her. They begin to run. Run towards the gates of Nesta's mind and away from the power of the cauldron that seems to be surging behind them. She screams for Nesta to open her hand, who seems to be in shock. She screams again, and as they lurch back into the war tent, Nesta finally releases her hand, and the bones and stones scatter across the map that's stretched out over the table where Nesta and Cassian still stand. Everyone is startled, as it seems that Pharaoh is shouting outside of her head as well as inside. But then Amran whispers, Look. They all gape down at the table. The stones and bones formed a perfect, tight circle around a spot on the map. The king had amassed his host along the western edge of the human territory, perhaps no more than a hundred miles from our family's estate. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs! That is uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, and he is the Jeff Boyardee. I said Jeff. That's my husband's name. Do you call him Jeff Boyardee? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I should be. And uh, say, boy, are me so horny for you. That is a stretch. Yeah, oh, oh, come on. It's sexy stretch. It's like a downward facing dog. Come on. Jeff, boy, are me so horny for you. <laughs> it's... I'll see if he understands where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> um... You should just call him that when he's making food, but just Jeff Boyardee. Yeah, I should say Jeff Boyardee. That, when he's making that spaghetti. Is very cute. He never makes me spaghetti. Wow. It's almost like he he, he lets the Italian woman make all the spaghetti. Ah, yes. I would love. I would say, Go ahead and try and make me paschettis. And I'll sit there with a frown on my face and be like, yeah, you try and make me paschettis. But uh, I guess we could call you Jack Boyardee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Boy, are me. Boy, are moi. Oh, that's cute. Then I'll be like more like a Miss Piggy. <laughs> Jack, boy, are moi. Boy, are moi. Oh, that's God. my Miss Piggy. I'm spiraling. I'm spiraling. <laughs> the next scene is a cir- is the circle, the inner circle deciding on the next moves. No matter which way they spin it, they simply do not have the numbers they need to fight this army that Nessa has just seen in her mind. They also come to realize it's likely Hibern knew Prithian would be able to win the last two battles, that it was a trick, that the king was intentionally forcing their troops towards the middle. They are discussing this all with Tarquin, who suggests they rest and reconvene at dawn because they are all beyond the brink of exhaustion. Feyre questions to herself whether she must brave the Ouroboros. 
Helion is also there and Feyre is distracted, now noticing the similarities to Lucian's face in him because she likes to meddle. Stop staring. You can't. Like, you're just so, she's so bad at, like, like, hiding her cards. She really is. She also is simultaneously considering whether she has to look in a mirror that will drive her into madness and also going, oh my god, Helion totally fucks Lucian's mom. Totally Lucian's dad. All at the same time, really? Ugh, she contains multitudes. She does. As they are all breaking for the evening, Varian bursts into the tent. He didn't so much as look at his high lord, his focus going right to where Amran sat at the head of the table, as if he'd sensed she was here. Or someone had reported, and he'd come running. Amran's eyes flicked up from the book as Varian halted. A coy smile curved her red lips. He drops before her and kisses her deeply in front of everyone. Noise! In an uncharacteristic move, Amran leaps up and wraps her legs around him. Ha <laughs> ha! I wasn't entirely sure how Varian managed to walk them out of the tent while still kissing her. Amran's hands dragging through his hair, letting out noises that were unnervingly like purring as they vanished into the camp. (laughs) I mean, right after a battle, like like in that way of just like not knowing if the other one is okay and then seeing each other for the first time, like I can't even imagine. Because they hadn't seen each other in a while at that point. It's a nice little moment of levity for the group in a sea of discord. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone else retires for the evening. Reese and Feyre back to their own tent for a deep, exhausted semi-rest. Before sleep overtakes Feyre, she reaffirms to herself that tomorrow she will have a plan and it will be figured out. Her dreams are troubled. She has a vision of Elaine being visited by Grayson, his presence somehow appearing at the edge of their camp, and that he, he's calling for Elaine, telling her he's found a cure for her fainness. Ugh! She feels the cauldron suddenly as well in her dream, and it shoots her out of sleep. It's dark in their tent, Reese holding her tightly, but something feels wrong. She whispers out to Reese. He's awake in an instant and is putting on his clothes as she tells him that she's dreamed of the cauldron. The both of them gather their weapons and head out their flap, only to be facing Nesta. You hear it too, she panted. Here, I couldn't hear, but just feel. And then Amarin is running at them. It came here. Its power, I can feel it slithering around, looking. <gasps> they are all feeling something differently. It's like the air has changed, the sky, the way it does right before a tornado. Turns green, F5, finger of God. Oh, God. I'm quoting Twister. Mmm. Pepsi cans. Oh, air. yeah. Dorothy, too, babe. Dorothy, Dorothy too. too. They realize you that know there's it, another Twister coming out. It's called Twisters. <laughs> it's Ellen on daughter. It's Ellen on Bill Paxton's daughter. Just make new movies. I know, but I'm going to watch Yeah, of course it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm so furious they're making another Beetlejuice, but am I going to go? Of Obviously. Of course I'm going to watch it. I'm the problem. Yep. Hello, it's me. Uh-oh, T-Sway. No, it's not T-Sway. <laughs> they realize in, in this moment that they did something to alert it when they scried earlier, that it was able to peer back at them in their location. Nesta implores all of them to listen again, but only the f- made females can hear this sort of sound. 
It was a song and invitation, a cluster of notes sung by a voice that was male and female, young and old, haunting and alluring, and... As Asriel approaches them, the females get a sense of that terrible power leaving like a retreating storm. As tells them his shadows are all asunder. Oh, are they? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Something about the phrase, my shadows are all asunder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah? Well, let me unbunch them for you. (laughs) And then it's gone, the feeling. They all lose a sigh of relief. But Azrael asks softly, What about Elaine? What about the 300-month-old baby? (laughs) She is a 300-month-old baby. (laughs) Dread runs through the group, and Nesta charges for Elaine's tent. They are all on her heels as they watch Nesta rip apart Elaine's bed. No! Which is unoccupied. Where is she? Brief chaos ensues. Reese winnows away, blade in hand. Feyre starts to search the horizon. Asriel shoves past Nesta to feel the sheets, commenting, They're still warm. Ah! Just like Scrooge! Elaine was just occupying them. Cassian is shouting commands to the troop as Pharaoh makes the connection. <gasps> the cauldron dream. The heavy feeling they all just experienced. Grayson at the tree line. She leads the others to where she saw him in her dream. Nesta let out a sound that might have been a sob as I realized what he'd found at the edge of the forest. What the cauldron had left behind in its haste to return to Highburn's war camp, or as a mocking gift. Elaine's dark blue cloak, still warm from her body. Uh-oh. This is not good. She's cold. She's cold. Because <laughs> they she's took her chilled. cloak. Yes. Now she's chilled. Imagine how cold she was before she needed the cloak, because I imagine Elaine is always shivering. Oh, yeah, for sure. And also, it's probably actually cold at the war camp. Yes, so now she's just somewhere really and she's cold. cold and she's they got to really bring her uncomfortable. She's uncomfortable. This is not good. The cauldron has honed in on the most vulnerable of them at the camp and pounced. Feyre realizes that the cauldron is paying back Nesta in a way for what she took from it by taking the only thing Nesta seemingly cares about. Cassian tells the others that he is going to find her, which Nesta snarls at. And she's not wrong. Cassian can barely stand up. He's going through a lot right now. Why don't you just take a break? But again, they all have that little bit of, they've got that hero's edge to I'm them. I'm going to get Urgh. holding his guts. I know that his guts are back in his body, but I can't get rid of just the fact of him just like, like trying to stand up to like put his hand on her back, but he's yeah, actively holding his guts in. An argument begins, but then Azriel steps in into Feyre's tent where they're all convening. To, they're all meeting together. They're meeting. <sighs> and Azriel says, I'm getting her back. It's like, okay, Shadow Singer. Okay, you go. Nesta tries to tell him he will die if he goes. She's seen their army, their power. Azrael, with rage in his eyes, only repeats the sentiment. Feyre thinks back in her mind, back in the old days when Elaine presented her those paints, when they were back in their old shack. I'm going with you, I said. Azrael only nodded. I like that they think she thinks about the paints and that she says, I'm going with you. As if, like, she's like, I must paint what is happening. (laughs) I have to go. She hasn't painted in a while. Remember how it always comes back? She's got to paint what's happening. I thought it was inferring that she was 
feeling her love, Elaine's love for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that is what it is. Oh, but I couldn't tell is... if you. I, maybe I was like, am I wrong? No, no, no. Okay, no. I just imagined her being like, uh, oh, she got me those paints. Oh God, I oh got my God, I gotta it. go. <laughs> she would be upset if I didn't paint her dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cassian warns that they don't have a way to get into the camp, but Feyre says, watch me, bitch! Yes! Before their eyes, Feyre transforms. <gasps> Cassian gasps. For it was Ianthe's face, her hair, that I now possessed. That actually was a great Ianthe voice. I think that's how she talks. Yeah, very, very. I imagine this priestess is breathy as shit. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, almost to a point where you're like, stop. Stop. Yeah. You can you can have more fervor than that. Yeah, I'm. this is me feeling as though you are doing this based on misogynistic reasons, not because you're actually turned on all the time. You think that's what men want you to do. Where you're just like, <laughs> no, that's very sexy. That's oh my god! Very I'm I'm sexy. all turned on right now. It just <laughs> <laughs> baby girl, three hundred month old babies. You know, um, but this is now you again because now your favorite. It's me. Now your favorite. Hi, it's me. She's going undercover. Yeah, I try not to bring up the wizarding books again, but. This also, I can't help but think of this scene where Hermione uses the polyjuice potion to appear as Bellatrix. Yes. To get into the vault at the wizard. Right? Yes. Feyre asks as... But I'm a shapeshifter. I don't need your juices. You don't need juice. Um, Feyre asks as for one of his siphons, which is a blue stone, if you'll recall. I guess she can't replicate the stone and outfit with her magic. Mm. She calls for the army blacksmith and they devise Ianthe's circlet out of a silver candle. Circlet! Circlet. Circlet! <laughs> right. It, it was in there. It was in there. Yeah. As borrows one of the priestess's robes for Feyre to wear, and Reese returns to their tent from wh- whatever business he was attending to, and although Feyre looks like Ianthe, he still kisses her because he knows it's her behind the skin. He reminds her that she can't win away. Behind the skin. Because well, like, <laughs> like tried to essay him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, it would be very, very upsetting to yeah. kiss, even though I am beautiful. But it would be difficult to kiss me. No, not you. <sighs> You're giving me a complex, Natalie. <laughs> um, he reminds her that she can't winnow in and that she has to walk. In, and once they have Elaine, they can winnow back out. They've already dismissed the idea that Reese joined them because his power is too detectable. He gripped the sides of my face, bringing us nose to nose. Do not get distracted. Do not linger. You are a warrior. Yeah. And warriors know when to pick their fights. His power rippled and swirled around me. You do not fear, Reese breathed. You do not falter. You do not yield. Noise. You go in, you get her, and you come back out again. Okay, okay, Danny. <laughs> okay. She nods, and he says finally, Remember that you are a wolf, and you cannot be caged. I think it's a cat. I don't know. What, what's that? Oh. Do wolves? I no, think it's wolves like a growl. Howl. I think it's a howl. But they growl, right? They're owl. Am I too? Am I being too jungle cat right now? I don't know the difference between a jungle cat sound and a wolf sound. 
It's a And you cannot be caged. Uh Uh-uh. He makes Asriel swear to get both Feyre and Elaine out. And then they are gone on the wind by Asriel's strange shadow power. He gets them to a thicket outside of the camp into the trees. So it's he can they can winnow there. They can't get in to underneath the, the barrier of the war camp. Yeah, so they can yeah. get to most of the way there, just not all the way there. There we go. Campfires burned, as numerous as the stars. Beasts snapped and snarled, yanking on leashes and chains. On and on and on that army went, a squatting terror drinking the life from the earth. Azrael fades into his shadow form, and Pharaoh walks into the heart of the beast. Ah! At the start of chapter 65, Feyre is awaiting her first interaction to find out if the camp has heard of Ianthe's death. Feyre envisions Ianthe and embodies her sensuality, her arrogance, her cruelty as she passes the first guardhouse. They don't even bat an eye and Feyre heaves a sigh of relief. So that probably means they haven't heard that Ianthe's dead. Mm -hmm. And then she takes in the surroundings. This place made the Court of Nightmares seem like a human sitting room filled with chaste maidens embroidering pillows. And somewhere in this hell pit, Elaine. She at least has her vision from Nesta's head to use as a map, kind of. She knows where the king's tents are and what they look like. But she realizes that she needs the darkness on her side because her Ianthe costume isn't perfect. Whoa. And the, and the dawn, and I'm sorry. And the dawn was only an hour or two away. It's like your, your wig's askew. It's just, a, just a little bit like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's me. It really is me. <laughs> Hi, I'm Andy. <laughs> yeah, but she talks like this. <laughs> it is me. I do this on purpose. I like to sound like this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Her next challenge was to act as naturally as she could without knowing what sort of freedoms Ianthe had within the camp. Was she allowed to just walk around? Was Mm. she allowed to go talk to the king? She has no idea. As she walks further in, she realizes that most of the soldiers were not resting. Instead, partying, almost celebrating, as though they feel they've already won the war. Some danced in wicked circles around the fire, their contorted shapes little more than twisted shadows flinging through the night. Some drank from enormous oak barrels of beer I recognized, right from Tamlin's stores. Some writhed with each other. Some merely watched. Gonna be honest, sounds like a fun time. I mean, I bet they're having a blast. Because, I mean, they, if they already think that they won, imagine there ain't no party like an after-war party. Mm, because an after-war party, war party don't, don't stop. stop. It's true, but it's not actually over. No, it's not. They are jumping the gun a little yes, bit. Yes, they are. Um, also, then, the rest of it doesn't sound fun. So as they, as as she walks through the melee, she realizes she can hear screaming. She makes a small reaction and feels Asriel grab her arm, that Ianthe wouldn't care about screams, and so she must act aloof. Ooh. However, she follows the sound of screams, fear cascading off of her. She doesn't know if it's Elaine, and it's a female scream. She dreads what she's about to encounter, but it's not Elaine. As she and Azriel approach, they realize that it is a child of the blessed oh. being tortured. Oh. She sees two more of them, both beaten and bloody and naked, but those two are dead. And her mind is taken back to the sight of Claire Better, tormented and left to rot. Anguish runs through her as she debates how she will be able to take this last human woman who's alive away. Because she can't leave her here. But to grab her would make it impossible to reach Elaine. It's, they're doing it to us. That's us. Oh, we're not oh, Faye. Oh, we're, we're children of the blessed. blessed. I know. Damn it. I know. And we're so easily <sighs> taken and tortured. I know. Oh, my God. I'd give up so fast. I'd be like, you're right. I'm with you. Can I be on your side now? I don't think that that's even I don't, what, that would I don't work, think that's an option, but I'll try and talk myself into you'd it. You'd have to like, do like a really funny stand up, like a funny 10 minutes. And be like, I'm a comedian and do what most people say when you're a comedian. Oh, yeah. Tell that me you don't say something funny. And it's like, oh, God. I don't. I don't. I need to have one on retainer just that's in just case. That's just not how jokes work. No, it's not. <laughs> Make me laugh. <laughs> joke. Joke. Joke at me. <laughs> joke at me. Yeah. Just. Yeah. You just go. Ha ha. In their face until they laugh. <laughs> I'm like a dog comedian. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, I'm a comedian for dogs. Only the dogs get it. That's cute. But I would perform for your dogs Aww. if you if you want me to. Of course. Uh, before she can figure out anything and make a move, Jorian appears at her side. Mm. As he shakes her from her panic. She realizes she sees the king as well. He's present at this torture party, sitting high up in a throne. Jorian doesn't realize it's Feyre next to him. When he tells her her absence has been noticed, 
I willed my voice to soften, adapted that lilt. I have been busy with my sisters. Uh, my sisters. Oh. He stares at her for a moment, and then his eyes widen. She asks him under her breath where Elaine is, because it's clear he realizes it's Feyre. That's a really good get. Like, that's a, like, I, I would, like, I'm proud of Jurian for picking up on that. She goes, my sister. <laughs> While she's just, like, inside, like, in front of the King of Highburn. That is a very risky move. But also, how risky is it just this whole thing of, like, you don't even know, does the king know that Ianthe is dead? This is scary. This is scary territory. It's very scary. Very scary. Very scary. <laughs> he steps right into character, uh, knowing now that it's Feyre. He starts grinning and saying to her that Ianthe has been trying to fuck him. And he says, act like you want to fuck me, basically. She's like, Jesus, okay. And so she starts batting her eyelashes at him. Ooh, hello, boy. She asks again, where is Elaine? But he needs to know first. You kill Ianthe? Ladies and gentlemen, we got her. Yeah, Actually, dude. but we don't know. No, unless she's besties with the Weaver. But basically, she tells Jurian as much, yes, she's dead, and he's very happy. We learn at this point that Elaine is safe thus far. Oh, thank God. That she is chained in the king's personal tent. Jurian grabs... Feyranthes, Feyranthes, Feyranthes. There you go. As though he's being like flirty, sexy, rough with oh, her. Oh yeah, I love my face getting grabbed mm. for flirty, <gasps> sexy. <laughs> oh. oh wow, I like you. I guess that makes sense for the Highburn camps. Yes, though. yeah. So true. he's putting on a, a farce for the people around them. Um, saying loud enough for everyone to hear around them that he's taking her back to his tent for kissing. Kissing! Even through the flirtatious grin she gives Durian, she wants to know what will happen to the child of the blessed who is still alive. Durian informs her with grief in his voice that she is just one of many who've faced this fate. Feyre doesn't care. She tells him to get her near Elaine and she'll figure out how to get both Elaine and the torture victim out. Oh, good on ya. I think you can do it, Feyre. Go, Feyre. Go, Feyre. I'm sorry, Feyranthe. Feyranthe. Jurian tells her to say out loud that she'd like to pray over the cauldron before they go back to his tent, which is also what I do before sex. Yeah! You pray over it! But it's a cauldron, although I will say I have been playing the, you in this as The Sims, um, and you have a cauldron of mac and cheese going at all times, which I thought that you'd appreciate. Yeah. So you do have a cauldron. It just lives in The Sims world. And it's filled with mac and cheese. I did play as you and your family for three hours yesterday, and I didn't even mean to. Whoa. Creeped out? You should be. I'm not creeped out because you made my dogs on Sims, and that's the cutest thing. Oh my god, they both look so cute, and they get along with each other. And oh my god, I'm not going to talk about the Sims anymore. You should watch the Sims of our lives. Oh my god, you should make a Prithian Sims. (laughs) I mean, I've got Riverdale Sims, so (gasps) I mean, oh, Majestic Kayla hooked it up, gave me the whole cast of Riverdale, so maybe Akatar is next. Yes. So Jurian and Feyranthe are putting this farce on for all the people around so Jurian can get her towards the cauldron, basically. Um, And so when she tells him 
that she wants to go pray over the cauldron. Jurian glowered, a man ready for rutting who had been delayed. I just like that turn of phrase. I've never heard it before. It's gross, but it's very funny. A man ready for rutting who had He's been ready delayed. For that man's ready for rutting. Um... So, you know, he's putting on this act. He's like, just imagine he's just like an old car, just like, just sitting there, just like ready for insertion. All like, you know, like when you got to like warm up the car when it's cold outside. I know what you're saying. You know, like rutting. I don't know what rutting means. I think it means fucking. Oh. Um. So he's at, he's putting on this air. He's like, hurry up. So I can kiss you on the mouth. Ew. In my uh, Feyranthi enters the cauldron's tent just as Jurian whispers to her that she has five minutes to pray before he kisses her. <laughs> and he gives her a... Because I'm going to kiss you good. You hear it? <laughs> and he, so he tells her in her like a in a whisper that he's giving her a place for them to meet at the edge of the forest outside the camp in five minutes. Before he disappears, Jurian warns Fanthi that if the highburn soldiers catch her, she's best to plunge her dagger into her own chest over being taken alive for what they'll do to her. God, all right. Yeah, I hear you, man. I get it. But that's a very scary thing to say to a person. Like, I understand what I got to do. Yeah, I get it. Okay? I know. I just watched it happen. Once they are alone, the cauldron... Once they are alone with the cauldron, Azriel appears, corporeal, and gestures to some curtains behind the thrumming cauldron. He pulls them back. Elaine was in her nightgown, gagged, wrists wrapped in steel that glowed violet. Her eyes went wide as she saw us, Azriel and me. So they find, they found Elaine. She's behind the cauldron that's guarding her. Azriel leans down and removes the gag in Elaine's mouth. She shook her head, devouring the sight of him as if not quite believing it. You came for me. The shadow singer only inclined his head. Yeah, Elaine, maybe it's time to get over Grayson. You yeah. think he's going to show up at this camp? No, he can't because he's weak. God, like you're still crying over this stupid asshole. Who gives a look at this shadow singer that's before you that came and saved you? At least make out yeah right give him a little pecaroonie while he deals with retrieving elaine Feyre is feigning a prayer in front of the cauldron kind of blocking them from view in case someone walks in i just imagine her going like dear cauldron wow wow oh cauldron <laughs> you good oh wow i, I love I'm great <laughs> I got power. Oh, whoa. And Thank just you, Cauldron, for my kisses. I'm going to get with this man. Thank Woo! you. Um, um, that's how, if I prayed, that I think that's how I would pray. <laughs> I love it. I think you should. Give it a shot. It's like a dance. Like, it's like jazz prayer. Yeah. <laughs> um, aerobic, aerobicizing, aerobics prayer? Yeah. Prayerobics. Prayerobics. <laughs> get Get the cauldron in. Get the god out. One, two, up and down. <sighs> that way you get prayer, prayer, so... prayer and steps in at the oh, same time. Oh, God. What? Please, we live to multitask. <laughs> uh, 
Though Az tries to get the shackles off, they are made with some magic they don't understand. They are running out of time, and they begin to understand that Elaine is not going to be able to run. Instead, they throw her over Azriel's back like a backpack and Ooh, tell her like to Yoda. keep quiet. Yeah, like Yoda. Whatever Jurian's done as a distraction is beginning to come become more apparent outside. Shouting and barking and howling is happening all around the tent that they occupy. Whatever's happening out there is intended to cause as much chaos as possible so that Jurian can grab the children of the blessed victim and join them at the forest edge. Man, that's adding a lot onto this. Like, we just have to save Elaine. I understand where you're coming from, but, like, girl. Yeah. We got to save Elaine, first and foremost. I'm sorry, children of the blessed. She's got hero syndrome. Yeah, I know. As gives the signal that they're ready to run, and he uses his siphon to blast a hole in the back of the tent so the guards don't see at the entrance. The first soldiers to notice this hole seem to ignore the trio, and Feyre notices that Az has invisified them all. Awesome. As they run, he tells her he only has a finite amount of strength to keep them all in shadow. As the, uh, I love Azrael so much. I love a broody. Yeah, especially after this scene. This yes, definitely was this like, is, all right, Az, I see you. Yes, this because the whole time, like, I was always a Cassian, and this really was just like, yes, okay. As they run, they hear howls approaching their heels, and they know that it is the hounds that are trained to follow their scent. Ah. The king knows that they are here. They run past a weapon station and Feyre grabs a bow and a quiver of ash arrows. As she turns to aim one at the dogs, she realizes they aren't in fact hounds, but instead something related to the Naga. The same scaled flesh, but something that runs on all fours. Along with those creatures ran the armies of Highburn, only going by the trail that these creatures are following because the three of them are still concealed in Az's shadows for now. However, the sun is beginning to rise and they have scant moments left before they are seen. Then the arrows start flying in their direction. Az's shield is thrown up, but he is depleted and won't be able to hold the attack off much longer. The hounds closed in, two breaking away to cut to the side to herd us, for that was a cliff at the other edge of the camp, a cliff with a very, very long drop and unforgiving river below, and standing at its end, huddled in a dark cloak, that was the girl. The child of the blessed was left there by Jorian for Feyre to take and winnow away with. Then the king's voice is booming over them, using some magic. What intrepid thieves, he drawled, the words everywhere and nowhere. How shall I punish you? They are going to have to jump to get past the wards, which are over past the edge of the cliff. That only then will they have the ability to winnow out. And Feyre, so they got to jump and then winnow. Mm-hmm. They got to they they gotta, winnow they gotta, mid-jump. Like, yeah, they got to get off the cliff, make a wild, crazy leap, and then Bust through the barriers and winnow out. Whoa! Whoa. And Feyre is not sure that Azriel can manage all of their weight with his wings. She commands him to take the other two and let her deal with this. He begins to protest, but she shouts that it is an order. Whoa! She begins to further. Hi, lady! Hi, lady! 
High Lady leaving herself to be murdered. Yeah. She begins to give him further instructions when a blinding pain shoots through her shoulder and she goes tumbling over her own feet. She's been shot. <gasps> shot by an ash arrow. Her powers are now null and void. The moment she tumbles, the naga dogs are on top of her. <laughs> Even through her agony, she continues to fight them off. And then the king is over her. The hound creatures continue to snap at her as the king taunts with all he is going to do to her. Just as a hound leaps for her face. A roar deafened me, made my head ring, just as one of the hounds was thrown off me. I knew that roar. Knew <gasps> a golden-furred beast with curling horns tore into the hounds. Tamlin! I got out. But his green eyes narrowed. Run, he seemed to say. Oh, shit! Oh, that God. fucking guy! He is good! Now yeah. I'm back on Tamlin's side. I again. know, dude. And re I just remember reading this part and just being like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, Tamlin! <laughs> Tamlin! The king seems genuinely surprised at Tamlin's actions. Dude, he was actually being a good actor this whole time. I know. Tamlin gives the moments needed for Asriel to grab Feyre, putting some sort of blue light over her wound to stop the bleeding temporarily as she's bleeding out from this ash arrow. You need to fly, he says. Oh, no. Because he's got these two. Now Feyre's got to try to summon her wings. Ooh. And try to fly over this cliff to the edge of the, the barrier. Ooh, she's scary. not really, yeah, she's not been super successful thus far, which Asriel knows because he's been giving her flying lessons. But what if you don't have a choice, Feyre? Oh, man. Behind them as they run, Tamlin is fighting off a menagerie of beasts. Asriel again says he's going to need her to get into flight, that he can't carry all of them on his own. That they have to take off this cliff and make it far enough that they can break through the wards. Otherwise, they they won't be able to winnow, that they'll go crashing to the floor so far below this cliff. He asks if she can do it. She doesn't think she can, but knows she must. Her wings come free, and she's nearly blinded by the pain shooting out of her shoulder at their weight. Azriel gets ahead of her, and she watches the mere seconds he has before she must follow him off this cliff, looking for any help in his launch. Elaine, still being held by Azriel, screams at the child of the blessed to grab onto Azazel, the young woman standing at the edge, covered only in a cloak, stunned and terrified. Elaine screams again, and the girl stumbles out of her stupor and grabs hold of Azriel just as a hound breaks free of Tamlin and launches itself as Azriel's back. He screams in pain, and finally Elaine helps. Oh my god, thanks, Elaine! She begins kicking and kicking at its face until it lets go of Az, and just as his wings are being ripped, he maintains the flight he had started, and he turns in terror, watching as Farah's fate is in her hands and her hands only. Faster! Azriel roared, blood oozing with each wing beat. I could see the dawn through the shreds in the membrane. Push up! With only steps away from the edge, he continues to shout directions at Feyre. The king is now behind her, firing arrows. No! The last of Azriel's energy is being used as he's holding himself and the two females up while putting shields around them both. And then through the pain and struggle, Feyre is airborne. She knows somewhere in her 
that she was compelled to learn how to fly for this very moment. Ah! And with barely three steps to the edge of that cliff, a warm wind, kissed with lilac and new grass, blasted up from beneath me. A wind of spring lifting me, filling my wings. Tamlin gave her a lift. He gave her a lift of the wind, bro. Really came through. I was so shocked by this scene. I know. And because we have at this point, we really don't know the level of evil that he is because that kind of character could have totally turned because of the, the like resentment of his harping broken. Some people are a little fragile when their heart's broken. Yes. And look at him coming straight through. He wasn't lying when he showed up at the meeting. No, dude. I'm very, very, like, I I would have, like, if you would, if I was a betting woman, I definitely would have bet on the fact that he was going to be, like, secret good, secret evil, and that, like, he was going to go back the way that he had come. Or that he would just fuck it up somehow. Yeah. And, like, he just, man, nails it. Technically saved her life in that moment. Shades of gray. Shades of gray. Then she's next to Asriel in the air. And as they fly, they're even then being attacked as they are nearing the edge of the wards. Over the ravine, they all soar. And as they approach the spell protecting this army, she feels the pressure of it. It's attempt to prevent them from penetrating it for their safety. She uses her dwindling stores to blast a light, a burning white heat through the wards. Helion's power. I just imagine her at this point being like, oh my god, that's Helion's power, who I can't believe believe is Lucian's father! father. (laughs) (laughs) Like, bitch, there are other things going on right now! (laughs) It knocks a hole straight through the ward, and they barrel through. Feyre takes one look behind her, and she sees Tamlin, bleeding and panting, in a sprint towards the cliffside. And as the king watches, the bat people escape through that hole. Tamlin uses this distraction to get past him. He leaped far, far and wide, farther than any beast or fae should be able to. That wind he'd sent my way now bolstering him, guiding him toward that hole we'd swept through. Tamlin cleared it and winnowed away, still not looking at me as I gripped Azrael's hand and we vanished as well. Such a great visual. Damn! Mm. And now we hear her go, I'm back with Tamlin. I find him kind of sexy in the scene. I know. It is so difficult. <sighs> Our original love. I know. Because he had my loins at the very beginning. Oh, yeah, definitely. Until we met Rison. Feyre, Asriel, Elaine, and the child have landed on the other side. They have made it. But Asriel is completely spent, and so they must walk from the edge of the camp towards their tents. So spent and wounded that they can't even run. The girl, even though she is so mortally injured, offers to help Feyre seeping wound. But the child doesn't understand the ash wound, so Feyre just asks her her name. She tells Feyre, it's Briar. And then their family is running towards them. Reese staring in horror at their conditions. Feyre tells him that she couldn't leave this girl behind who now joins them. Nesta turns the corner towards them as well. She let out a sob at the sight of Elaine, still in Azriel's arms. I'd never heard a sound like that from her. Not once. She isn't hurt, I said to her. 
into that chamber in her mind. Because words, I couldn't form them. Nesta runs towards the four of them. And then to Feyre's surprise, Nesta throws her arms around Feyre, sobbing, thanking her for retrieving her sister daughter. 300-month-old baby. Azrael sets Elaine on her feet. And with her being shackled, they need to fetch Helion to help break the spell on the chains. Elaine kisses Az on his cheek (gasps) and then hugs and hugs Feyre. Feyre begins to cry. The next few hours are a blur as her wounds are treated and Rizan bathes her. But I did remember lying down on the bearskin rug once it was done. How I felt Elaine's slim body settle next to mine and curl into my side, careful not to touch the bandaged wound in my shoulder. I had not realized how cold I was until her warmth seeped into me. A moment later, another warm body nestled on my left. Nesta's scent drifted over me, fire and steel and unbending will. I didn't know how long my sisters and I laid there together, just like we had once shared that carved bed in that dilapidated cottage. Then, back then, we had kicked and twisted and fought for any bit of space, any breathing room. But that morning, as the sun rose over the world, we held tight and did not let go. I know that that was a long bit of book to read, but that scene is very emotional. I, it, yes. it gets to me. I think it's because in that moment, the vulnerability that Nesta is showing, and also in a way that they all regressed into children yeah. in that moment, like that they're, you see that their love actually shines through in these moments, even though it's not always a very, it's not always a perfect relationship um, in the day-to-day, that it was just this very intimate, like expression of love even if it's not through words yeah yeah it's a beautiful scene i do love that scene and that's where we're gonna leave it off not the horniest but it is the no. battliest it's the battliest and i love i mean I, those action scenes are so fun i i would love to see them i mean someday. that's why i was just listening to you read it because i was just like well yeah man i'm not gonna interrupt the like the the big scenes mm-hmm. these are scary yeah they're great I had to read it again the first time I read it because I read it so fast. I know, I know. That I had to go back and read the scene again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a fun scene to read through. Um, yeah. All right, we've 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 hit our almost two hour mark. So let's yes, get the fuck out of here. Um, I'll see you next week. Yeah, I won't see you before then. We don't talk. Or see each other. No, we never episodes. speak because now we are only business relationship, no personal relationship business whatsoever. Friends. We keep. We say, I say save it for the podcast. When I try and to, I, say, I talk to the hand or yeah. When I come to her with my problems, very difficult. And I, I just I push her face first from from me. You're being such an ianthi right now. Ugh, it's the wig. Please read up until chapter seventy two or page six thirty four in the paperback edition. And now, dudes grappling with erotica for educational purposes only. Featuring Adam Newman and Jason Sines. By the time he returned, I only knew I'd fallen asleep thanks to the hand he put on my shoulder. Out, he said, but lifted me himself, toweled me off, and led me to the bed. He lay me down belly first, and I noted the oils and balms he'd set there, the faint odor of rosemary, and... 
something I was too tired to notice but smelled lovely floating to me. His hands gleamed as he applied generous amounts to his palms, and then his hands were on me. My groan was about as undignified as they came as he needed the aching muscles of my back. The sore areas drew out rather pathetic-sounding whimpers, but he rubbed them gently, until the tension was a dull ache rather than sharp, blinding pain. And then he started on my wings. Relief and ecstasy. I forgot there were wings. Relief and ecstasy as muscles eased and those sensitive areas were lovingly, tauntingly grazed over. My toes curled, and just as he reached the sensitive spot that had my stomach clenching, his hands slid to my calves. He began a slow progression, higher and higher, up my thighs, teasing strokes between them that left me panting through my nose, rising up until he got to my backside, where his massaging was equally professional and sinful, and then up, up my lower back, to my wings. <laughs> his touch turned different, exploring, broad strokes and feather light ones, arches and swirls and direct searing lines. My core heated, turning molten, and I bit down on my lip as he lightly scraped a fingernail so close to that inner sensitive spot. Too bad you're so sore from training. Reese mused, making idle, lazy circles. I could only manage a garbled strand of words that were both plea and insult. He leaned in, his breath warming the space of skin between my wings. <laughs> sorry, I thought like what a taint would be if it's between. You know, all right, I'm sorry. I don't need to. I don't even mean to apologize. Did I ever tell you that you have the dirtiest mouth I've ever heard? I muttered words that only offered more proof of that claim. He chuckled and skimmed the edge of that sensitive spot right as his other hand slid between my legs. Brazenly, I lifted my hips in silent demand. Uh, but he just circled with a finger as lazy as a strokes alongside my wing. He kissed my spine. How shall I make love to you tonight, Fera darling? I writhed, rubbing against the folds of the blankets beneath me, desperate for any sort of friction as he dangled me over that edge. So impatient. He purred, and that finger glided into me. I moaned, the sensation too much, too consuming, with his hand between my legs and the other stroking closer and closer to that spot on my wing, a predator circling prey. Hey, babies! For more fairy talk and hot touch, join us every week here on LPN Deep Dive's Akatar, available wherever you get your podcasts. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.